Okay, everybody, welcome to the Mind Hunter Companion. We are getting to the end of season two. We are up to season two, episode uh, seven. As always, I am Doug, and my companion is <laughs> companion is uh, is Peter. <laughs> That's like Freudian. Uh, uh, welcome, 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 Peter. Welcome, Doug. Um, man, there's we're getting to the end. Like the we're getting to the end. We have just three more episodes to do, and then we have completed season two. So I'm shedding a tear. I hope I there's know. a season three. I think there's going to be a season three, but we talked about this in an earlier podcast. It's I don't think it's going to be in 2020. I think it's going to be 2021. But uh, well, you know, it is what it is. If you know, if they got more viewers this season than they did the first season and maybe they'll do it quicker i don't think so because i read that fincher wants to pause the show so he can do some movies so i think mm. that 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 means they don't care how many viewers you know or fincher doesn't care so right. I, don't, I think it's i think it's independent of viewers um so netflix must care uh yeah i don't know i don't know maybe they do maybe they don't um so uh we Episode begin seven. What'd you say? Episode seven. Right. So we begin this episode um, where uh, Holden and uh, Bill, right, they now have in their clutches, right, the suspect, right? They found some porno magazines and some other stuff at the drop site of the bodies. And uh, we begin where they are basically... They've arrested the guy in the end of the prior episode, and they're kind of cooling him on ice, right? They're trying to essentially, as Holden puts it, unnerve him, right? They're just letting him sit, and they are literally tearing apart his truck, right? They are looking for any evidence to to try to tie him to the murders. Um, Holden still is unconvinced as the episode begins. Holden remains unconvinced as he's been through the last several episodes that they have the right person. And then, uh, they uncover a box of tape, like thick, heavy tape in his truck. That's duct tape. But but this episode starts like it basically starts off right where the last episode. Right. There's no pause. And and Holden speculates that maybe this is his rock, right? This is a reference to uh, Daryl Devier, who way earlier in the show uh, um, was the guy who was working on the power lines or the phone lines or something. Oh, he's trimming trees around the power lines. In in Georgia. Right. And also in Georgia. And he murdered uh, a young little girl. Um, Right. um, So... That's what they're referencing here when they're talking about, like, maybe, you know, maybe that's going to be his rock. Right. He, right. The rock was the murder weapon in that case. And they right. just and, put the rock in the back of the um, interrogation right. room and let him stare at it. So here they find tape. They find rope. Right. They they find something that they get kind of a little bit excited about. But he's also a plumber. Right. right. He so, is basically like they don't find anything that's really. Well, nothing directly useful. links them. Right. right. Uh, and he doesn't have much of a criminal record, right? This is a this is a white guy who stole some tires when he was 19, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and he goes to black people's and white people's houses. Like he's kind of driving all over all the time. Um Yeah, he's a plumber. Yeah, yeah right, exactly, you know, people's toilets clog. Um and you know, this this 
you can see like, you know, Bill is taking the backseat. Bill isn't talking much. And Holden is kind of trying some of their earlier tricks. And he's not really responding the way that some of their prior suspects do. Like he doesn't kind of ramp up, you know, like they're kind of, they're, they're doing what's worked before and they're not, they're not getting much out of him. Right. And he's answering their questions in a very, very matter of fact way, which, which almost kind of throws Holden and Bill off. It's kind of an interesting scene because it flips the script on what we've seen happen in the show so many times before. Yeah, it's because most of the time they're interviewing somebody, they're guilty. Right. And it's kind of, I think, the writer's way of telegraphing to you, you know, that, that they're they not... got the wrong dude. Right, exactly. And there's a nice bit in the scene where Barney uh, brings him a cup of coffee and Barney intentionally puts his thumb in the coffee. Like there's a close up of Barney. He like he purposely drops a sugar packet in it and he puts his thumb yeah, and his index finger on the coffee. And it's to sort of see like, is this guy gonna respond negatively to a black man putting his fingers in the coffee? Right. And the guy they, doesn't even blink. You know, he, he doesn't even notice that. He says thanks and he puts the coffee right to his mouth. You know, like yeah. they were kind of hoping for a reaction, you know. I gotta say, like, I would have been grossed out. No matter yeah. who that was, even if it was like the hottest <laughs> chick in the universe. Doing Dude, that, I wouldn't I, let you put your finger in my coffee. Well, especially <laughs> and I've not me. My whole life. <laughs> That's exactly why I wouldn't let That's you. That's why it. you would. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. He actually doesn't drink it. He looks at it. And he kind of shrugs. Like he doesn't really give a shit that that Barney put his finger in the coffee. Right. Um, and you know, they say to him, like, "Do you go to any clan meetings?" Like, they're really kind of like they're casting a broad net. Like, like Holden says, "Sorry," <laughs> Bill says to him, "You go to any meetings?" And he goes, "What kind of meetings?" Like, you can tell, like, he has no clue what the fuck yeah. you're talking about. Right, right. He's kind of like, "What are you? Where are you guys going?" Right. With and this Bill one? says, uh, "Maybe the kind where you all have the same dislikes." <laughs> like, I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> broad, you know, broad way for Bill to approach it. You know, like Bill even says. You know, do you wear a sheet? And he's right away. He's like, no, no, no. I don't get involved in that shit. Like, like they're just not getting anywhere with the guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is kind of, this is playing a little bit into Holden's theory that this is the wrong guy. They've got the wrong guy. And, you know, he says, like, I'm not into hating people. Like, you know, and he doesn't kind of come off like a Klansman. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. They uh, they they drop the tape on him in a sort of like very dramatic way. It's duct tape and it's actually plumber's tape. There's about a dozen rolls of plumber's tape, and it's it's actually really funny. On the you know it's funny because when you watch it the first time, it's serious, but on the rewatch, it's kind of more funny. And, and he has no reaction at all. Like he's totally befuddled. Why? Yeah they put the tape from his truck in front of him. Like, you know, he, he, it's just totally over his head and he responds, I'm a plumber. Right. And they stack up like not plumber's tape and like Teflon tape also that you put like, you know, in pipe joints or like when you're putting somebody's shower head on, like they right. have that all stacked up there. <laughs> the dude's a plumber. Like, like all that tape, it's totally normal. Yeah, yeah, he's no, he's got, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. Um, he admits that he goes down Red Wine Road, but you know, he kind of implies, well, so does everybody else in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's a major artery. Um, and then uh 
in the pièce de résistance. With great flair, Holden pulls out two saran wrap porno mags. <laughs> they got him. Right here we they go. Got here their we man. Go. <laughs> one is Penthouse, and the other one uh, is a magazine I never heard of. It looks like it's called Gallery or something. I don't know if that's a real magazine or they made it up for the show. Um, and, and Holden like is like, you know what these are? He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like they're they're heading into uncharted waters, and they. They tell the guy that they found semen on the magazines, his fingerprints, and the guy gets really upset. Yeah, the dude starts apologizing, basically. Right, and, and they, do, they do acknowledge then that they found them on Red Wine Road next to, you know, decomposing bodies. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in, in an interesting turn of events, the guy starts breathing heavy, and uh, yeah, like you said, he apologizes. <laughs> it turns out that his wife is pregnant, <laughs> right? And he does. He's not getting a lot of action at home, and he's jerking off like that. Right, he it. just went like he basically tried to go to some secluded spot. Right, to, he jerked you know, off in his truck to rub one out, and <laughs> and the secluded spot happened to be the same one that the you know the killer picked <laughs> because I guess it's like it probably is a really good secluded spot. So like that's where the, the killer picked to dump the bodies, but the guy just has no clue. He just right exactly out. Right, yeah. and it's funny too. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I'd have never hurt nobody. <laughs> that's what he right. says. And then Bill says, in perhaps the best line of the sh- of the episode, Bill says, "You're telling me you went to the woods to jack off?" Yeah, <laughs> because you know Bill is not mad at him at this point. Bill is mad at like all the time that they have just wasted. Right? right. And he's like, I don't know nothing about no murders. You know, the guy is so upset and he's embarrassed, you know. And Bill is just like, oh, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and even Holden kind of like he pauses the recorder and they're just like, oh, well, that was a big nothing. And then Barney interrupts them uh, because another body has been found that's fresh. It's just six hours old and it's not Luby Jeter. Right. Um, so um, this is a, a kid named Terry Pugh, um, who was, uh, you know, who was seen after this guy had been taken into custody by the FBI. So now they know beyond any shadow of a doubt, they have the wrong guy. Right. Right. It's it's not just that, you know, this they, they didn't find a guy who who is a is a chronic masturbator and a murderer. <laughs> He's just a chronic masturbator. It depends on your definition of chronic. But um, right. but what's really funny is Holden. And I, I don't know if this was intentional or just me. Uh, Holden says that we spent all night squeezing this guy like I like Holden's use of the term squeezing. <laughs> right. Right. But Holden says, like, look, this guy didn't match our profile at all. And we just wasted a whole night with him. Right. Um, and Bill Bill kind of defends, you know, he kind of, he says, look, we had to, we had to go after this guy because right, we don't know. Semen and fingerprints. Right. And he was right near the, it was near the scene of the, of the, the body dumps. <laughs> right. And then Holden sort of echoing Bill's earlier comments said that guy did nothing wrong, but whack it in the woods. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, uh, so he gets to be released um so uh whatever the masturbator i can't remember his name he gets released yeah. um and uh you know 
Bill goes to take a nap. Right. Holden's pissed. Bill goes to bed. Um, and the fact that the body is found on Sigmund Road, right? This is very significant because now it lets them know, right, that the killer is watching the news. Right. Right. Because he they know that in the prior episode, right, the police had searched it. Right. So he's he's playing with them. Right. And and Holden like calls wakes bill up to tell him that and bill's extremely unhappy about being woken up right yeah and bill's tired you know i mean you, you get the sense too like they do a good job of like how they convey that they're tired like the scenes of them in their hotel room sort of in like you know their undershirts you know like the, by the way the hotel right. looks crappy even though it's the omni it looks kind of crappy um, but it's good, you know, like it's it's a good scene. Like Holden is basically going to bed when he hears in the news the information about Sigmund Road, and all of a sudden he's you know, he like sparks back to life um and, and calls Bill. Like it's actually a very good scene. Like like Holden says he's fucking with us. Like that's sort of right. like the acknowledgement that um he's responding to their yeah, investigation. Right. And it right. goes with what you know, they're sort of learning in other cases that like maybe they can put them or it gets to the idea that maybe they can put the media to use for them. Right. Right. Like, and that's like what their they're media work is on. currently being used against them. Right. Right. Maybe they can use the media for them. So it's interesting. Um, so then they come up with the idea, right. That maybe they could uh, put some crosses right at the drop sites. Right. Right. So, you know, he's following the press. They know I, Holden feels like they're being taunted, right? And they even reference, you know, BTK. You know, BTK sent uh, his first letter after police arrested two other people for the Otero murders, right? He didn't want them to get credit, right? right? So, again, they're taking some cues, again, back from BTK. And the idea is that, like, hey, maybe they can use the media uh, to their advantage. So, right. So, so they're, there's going to be like a march and they're going to be like, they're going to go to these murder sites that they, they kind of have an idea that maybe if they, if they put up sort of um, a ritual or a, a ceremony at the site and involve, put the march there and they'll be able to get the guy to show up to kind of watch the spectacle because he's clearly engaged with the investigation. He's engaged with the crimes afterward. Right. So there's a great scene with the police chief who, as I said in the prior episode is not so stupid as we were first led to believe. No. And they've got it. They're trying to, you know, pitch this idea to the police chief who's a little hesitant, right? Like, like, is this going to work? And then they, you know, he's, he's not so sure he wants to get involved with the March right from a police point of view and they say look you know maybe we can push him to make a mistake right and they point out to him that they chose not to do something similar with btk who has continued to kill like they kind of feel like look btk told us like he's going to keep going anyway so let's let's try something different right they kind of convince him that it's it's more or less the only thing they have and that this is one of the things they've picked up from their new investigative methods. Right. And the police chief says like, look, you know, maybe it was that guy who called us about Sigmund road, right back right. to that guy who Holden very strongly believes was totally unrelated. Just to some guy who wanted to rant and no pun intended jerk off the police a little bit. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, 
the police chief again like he's hesitant like he you know he's very aware of the fact that they've got 19 black kids like he doesn't think it's a coincidence right and and you know the the idea of putting up crosses makes him kind of nervous right because of the sort of the clan implications to that um and they and both barney and the police chief do say like look there's a lot of Klansmen in, in Atlanta, and he said some of them are even judges. Like, <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? So, you know, like again, once again, we see Bill and Holden sort of up against like the culture in Atlanta, which doesn't really, you know, they don't understand so well. But again, you know, it's in this scene really where Holden comes up with the idea to put crosses at some of the dump sites, memorials, make an announcement, hold a vigil, you know get this guy to sort of somehow show himself or, you know, appear, just do something, take a picture, something, um, you know, something to give them something to work with. And they like the idea that, that maybe that he'll do it not during the march, he'll come later. So they want to survey all these sites at a later time. They're basically thinking they're just going to screen anyone that shows up. You know what I mean? Like they'll take pictures, they'll try to figure out, they'll, they'll just filter through everyone who kind of shows up there and maybe they'll come up with some suspects. Right. And well, and the other thing too is, you know, like they, they have to then interact with, you know, uh, the stop people who, you know, the police are a little nervous about interacting with them because they're very hostile to the police. Right. And not entirely, uh, it's kind of justified. I mean, they didn't do a very good investigation, as we found out previously. Right. Um, And then uh, Bill announces, right, as they've got this mountain of work to do to get the crosses ready, choose the sites. Um, In a callback from a prior episode, they get files on pedophiles, that it's a lot to look through. Um, And then, uh, you know, while all this is happening... Uh, and they've got this mountain of work to do. Bill, you know, he starts to head out. He says, see you Monday. And he, he packs up his, his briefcase and he walks out. I and mean, he basically, you know, in the face of Holden saying, like, you can't go. Like, we have a lot to do. He right. walks out. Right. Yeah, and again, Holden still knows nothing about right. what is going on at all. Um, so, I don't know. You know, it, it's funny because... You know, they are ratcheting up as the season goes the marital woes in the Tench household. Like, you know, Bill is burning the candles at both ends. Nancy is stressed beyond belief. Freaking out. Uh, right. And the situation with Brian is, you know, at best tenuous. Yep. Um, so, you know, as it's funny because, you know, in the first season, you know, you kind of got the sense that Nancy has put up with a lot for years and and it's just sort of it's it's the it's the the stable state of their or the steady state of their marriage and now like that's really fraying you know like Bill's running out of steam Nancy's running out of steam like you get the sense that that things are changing after many many years in their marriage yeah, um, and and the scene uh, the scene ends before we shift to sort of Bill sitting in his car in the driveway, and he pauses before he goes in because he knows it's going to be tough. 
Like yeah, it's a good scene. He looks like grim. Yeah, and there's no dialogue. There's nothing. It's just Bill like sitting in his car for a few seconds, but and he has to sort of like muster this the inner strength. You know, he's to, stealing uh, himself. Yeah, that's a really good word for it. So it's interesting. Uh, so we then shift to what is likely the next day, or Monday perhaps, <clears throat> and um, and Wendy is uh, uh, working with Agent Smith. Right, right. right? Um, and she's, she's still sort of grappling with the, the last interview that they talked about in the prior episode where she had that sort of interaction with uh, her girlfriend about it. And, and they're still trying to decide, you know, did they do a good job or not? And Wendy thinks, she, again, that she did a crappy job. And Agent Smith says, no, no, you didn't do a crappy job. Like he actually echoes Kay's sentiments very much. Um, and then the, the session is, is interrupted by a phone call and Gunn wants Wendy to come up to her office. Right. Um, and this leads to, um, I think one of a, a, like a tough scene to watch because uh, it, it's, it's Gunn and Wendy are kind of at odds with each other. Right. Uh, yeah, Wendy, it, Wendy's kind of telling, I mean, Gunn's telling Wendy, like you got to stay behind and stop, you know, don't go out and interview these people. I listened to that tape and Gunn clearly thinks that Gunn being, you know, their boss kind of clearly thinks that she didn't do such a great job. Maybe. Well, and, and also maybe he feels like she's not an FBI agent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that could be part of it. It may be not about her performance at all. It may just be about her credentials. Yeah. I mean, and he, he, he kind of says to her, like, he kind of gives her an out. He says, like, well, you know, look, I don't want these interviews to stand in, your, in the way of your research here. Right? Kind of saying, like, this is why I really want you here. Um, but that's not what she wants. Like you could tell that, like she likes being in the field a little bit and it's exciting for her to do the interviews firsthand. And she says, you know, she counters gone and she says, no, 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 I, I like doing it. And then yeah. he, he, you know, he's, he's very slick and polished gone. And he's like, well, you know, like we need you here, you know, your yeah. expertise is in analysis. And, you know, he thanks her like, oh, I appreciate you offering to take up the slack but no right and he kind of right. he kind of quashes her and he even says we're going to have more agents coming they can do the interviews no one else can do what you can do and then you know like he's giving her every possible hint and then she you know pushes back and she says you know no it's actually helpful if i'm there and and he will have none of it he just he says no and she's pissed Wendy is yeah. Wendy is like the living embodiment of frustration. <laughs> Re <laughs> you know? Kind of repressed frustration. Yeah, she's repressed in every possible way. And and you know, Gunn butters her up, like literally as he's quashing her, he's like, Look, I'm freeing you up to do the more important aspects of your work. And and she kind of gives up, like she looks at the floor and She's you know, clearly annoyed. Well, I, I, and she also realizes that she's not going to win. Like he's gonna. He's the boss, right? Yeah. And he's gonna basically find a way to say no to her, whatever she comes up with. You can't help wondering though if it's about performance too. Um, when you're watching, like I, I wondered because Wendy just went through. 
again, kind of talking about how she didn't do a great job. And then he's gun there, you know, when he's meeting with her, he says that he just listened to that tape. Well, I don't know, but remember in the, in the, uh, the prior interview, you know, uh, you know, Wendy was roundly complimented for her, you know, work when she, you know, when she confessed to the, to the subject that she was gay Right. And they right. all thought that it was a ruse. You know, they all thought she was wonderful. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, it's, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know if you can say it's about performance. You know what I mean? You can't. It just made me wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. But like the scene ends with a sl- very, very, very slow pan that ends up on Wendy's face and she looks utterly defeated. She's pissed. Well, and again, you could imagine just to sort of step back, right? She's having troubles in her relationship. She gave up her academic career, right? She's moved down here. And she's basically being told the most exciting and most interesting part of the work you are excluded from. Which she's getting more, you know, she's getting a taste for more recently, even, you know, like she really she's realizing that it's sort of the the glamorous part of the job right right yeah it's i don't know like you feel for wendy i'm telling you like uh anna tor who who plays her like she really does a good job like like you really feel her frustration and you know it doesn't feel like she's acting like sometimes it feels like they're acting and and like you know like she really conveys how difficult wendy's situation is in every possible way yep um we then cut back down to atlanta (laughs) sorry for um holden and he goes to visit the offices of stop um and the mothers uh, of the you know the killed uh victims and right exactly uh, and and he he gets kind of a cold reception he gets uh you know he you know they say to him oh we take it you're here on business you know like like they're not so happy to see him um and uh um you know he basically has to make an ask by the way doesn't the woman who runs i i I keep wondering if this is intentional like the woman who runs stop looks a lot like uh, Esther Roll, who paid who paid Florida on Good Times, the mother, like she has the same haircut, <laughs> same, gl- same glasses, yeah, same glasses, and again, maybe they're just trying to make it look like the seventies or the early early eighties. I guess now we're in nineteen eighty, perhaps, but but man, does she look like Flo? You know, on uh, yeah. Florida, as they called her in the show on Good Times. Anyway, just a side note there. And he goes and he basically, uh, he has to ask for, you know, uh, Dino Mike. <laughs> Jimmy Walker is still alive, by the way. So he asks for a favor of uh, Florida. Uh, and he basically says, you know, like they want to get involved with the march. Um, and they want to uh, have vigils and basically, um, you know, get involved and try to elevating the perceived importance of the killer, right? So that he trips up and perhaps shows himself. And she's, you know, she gets it. Well, she gets it, but she's a little hostile. She's a little hostile. Like she says, uh, you know, she says, are these memorials for him? Are these memorials for the killers? Sorry for the families. Like, like it's an interesting, mm-hmm. it's an interesting retort. Like she only sees things from the family's side. 
Right. Um, you know, whereas Holden's looking at from the police side or the or the victim side. So he says we'll erect a cross at each site, right? Create a place for remembrance, right? Where he might come and remember. And she's not dumb, this woman. She she understands exactly what Holden is talking about. Um, and you know, oh, it's yeah. funny because she's sort of the mirror image of the police chief. Like the police chief doesn't trust stop and she doesn't trust law enforcement. Yeah. But I mean, you can kind of see why she's wary. There've been so many false 19 starts. 19 kids. Yeah. And, and Holden showed up before and then got recalled and nothing happened. Right. Exactly. More kids died. And Holden has to say, you know, to her directly, like, I believe we can catch him, yeah. you know? Um, so it's, it's actually, it's a really good scene. Like, like it, it's sort of, again, as if they haven't done it 20 times in this season, but they sort of emphasize how difficult the Atlanta case is and how the racial aspect of this case makes it different than basically everything else they've looked into. Cause they've pretty much only been sort of pursuing white, murderers so far right so um and, and the scene ends with her not even agreeing she basically says i'll talk about it with the families get me the crosses and if the families agree we'll put them up so holden realizes that he's had a bit of victory there you know like he didn't get everything he wanted but he got a lot of what he wanted and the scene ends actually in a really good bit where he puts out his hand to her like to, to thank her and she pauses, you know, like she doesn't like, you know, okay, agent, you know, like agent Ford, she, she pauses, she looks at his hand and she has to think about it for a second before she finally shakes his hand. It's, it's actually, it's a really good bit sort of, it reminds me of, you know, just, we've just talked about this. It's, you know, it's analogous to, you know, Bill sitting in his car in silence or Wendy, you know, for five seconds looking at the carpet in Gunn's office. Like, this is, I believe, directed by Carl Franklin. And, like, a less He's good capable... with the reaction shots. Exactly. Like, a less capable director would have cut all of those bits out. You know what I'm saying? And, like, yeah. that, that... Like, her glance at Holden's hand before she takes it speaks volumes. It's a great, great scene. Right. Um, we then transition actually to another great scene um, back at Quantico where um, Wendy walks into Bill's office. Uh, she hands him, a, she ostensibly goes in to give him some applicants for the BSU to look at. But, you know, her real motivation is to ask one, how, what's happening with Holden? Like is Holden making trouble in Atlanta or is he not? And her other motivation is to ask, how are things with Brian? Like, cause, remember, yeah. cause we, we learned at the party, right. That, that, that bill has, uh, you know, bill has conveyed to Wendy the, the direness of his situation. Yeah. So, um, and you know, they say, you know, like bill conveys to her, like he kind of apologizes, you know, like for, for how he's been not really doing such a great job. Yeah, he's um, distracted and he's yeah. tired. And even though Wendy doesn't ask about Brian, it's obvious she wants to talk about it. And then when he does, she kind of like comes back in and she closes the door and then she lets Bill kind of vent for a few minutes to her about how he's just doing a bad job. You know, like he's overwhelmed yeah. with work and Brian and then it's a good scene. 
You know, it's funny because like, I, I think I'm, I made a similar comment in a prior episode. Like it's just a little bit of a beginning of a friendship, you know, like, like they're not pals, the people in the BSU. And it's right. like this, the, the fact that Bill can open up to Wendy a little bit, maybe cause she's a woman, you know, like it's like just a little bit of a friendship between the two of them, you know? And it's a little bit like, you know, it's their secret right now. Like Wendy recognizes that Bill took a big risk by yeah. opening up to her and telling telling her this awful thing about her kid about his kid. I don't right. know. It's it's a good scene. Like, you know, it's funny because this isn't I don't think that this is Carl Franklin's first episode that we've seen of him. Um he directed episode six. This is episode seven, and I think this is a better job. And episode six was really good, but this is a better job. And maybe he's he's figuring out the show and he's figuring out the character a little bit better right um i don't know you know it's funny because like you know maybe you kind of want to almost hang out with these guys a little bit you know like when you see this side of bill and this side of wendy like you kind of almost want to hang out with them a little bit as opposed to just sort of watch them in a sort of a clinical way but you know the scene ends with with bill basically conveying how worried he is about brian and maybe you know like they thought he was doing better and he's not. And maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's going to be like this forever or they're never going to have a quote unquote normal boy. Right. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. Um, Which kind of leads us right into the next scene, right? The next scene is uh, Bill at home and he's getting ready to leave for work. And uh, Brian is sort of nonverbal in the house uh, and he's getting ready to leave, and you know Nancy kind of acknowledges that uh, Bill is pushing it too hard, right? Like she says, "You've got to stop this. You're not getting any sleep. You know, you're not eating." Like she's worried about him, yeah. um, and she's also worried about their situation with Brian. By the way, like I think. Wendy, it's a, it's a, it's a contest. Like, who's the more frustrated, Wendy or Nancy? I don't know. What do you think? It's a toss-up. I think Nancy's freaking out a lot more because Nancy's not repressed, or at least she can't repress anymore. You know, she can't repress repress effectively anymore. Right. And Nancy's Although neither Wendy nor Nancy have any real control. Like they've kind of surrendered a lot of control in their lives to their situation. Yeah. You know, and then as if to just emphasize this fact, who shows up at the door? The utterly humorless social, social worker. worker, right? For an unscheduled spot. Yeah, she's visit. pretty scary. Yeah, and they give her, you know, they give her the very, very severe haircut, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So, um, and, you know, Nancy tries to make nice, and for the first time, it actually works. Like Nancy says, do you want some breakfast? And she says, yes. Right. She was cold as ice to them in the past. Yeah. Uh, And then Bill sensing an opening realizes that she is interested professionally in the, in the case in Atlanta and Bill basically doing exactly what he did at get the retreat and guns party. Right. Yeah. He uses his position as an FBI psychologist too. Yeah. Right. He talks about Manson. Yeah, exactly. He does it to sort of like maybe score a few points or curry a little bit of favor 
uh, with with this woman who basically they haven't been able to win over in any way at all. It's actually right. <clears throat> it's a good scene because you know it shows you how savvy Bill can be. Like he can he can suss out the situation and you know turn it on just like he did for the FBI. He could turn it on maybe to help Brian. Yeah, Nancy's unhappy and giving him the the stink eye while he's doing it. Just pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it doesn't stop him from doing it. You know. Yeah, because he knows like it's valuable. Right, and he and then and then interestingly, he lies to her. Like she says to him, the social worker says to Bill, "Does Brian know what you do?" And he says, "Well, you know, as I catch bad guys, he doesn't know specifics, but they." they omit right they, they commit a lie of omission right because we know in the past brian got into some of the crime scene photos yeah that's that one that one time yeah um so uh it's an interesting bit um and then uh, she kind of gets down to business like once they're done talking she suddenly decides she doesn't want breakfast she turns it turns up her nose on it um, and then she's she's all down to business. Yep. Um, and then uh, uh, Brian appears and is essentially wordless. Yep. Uh, I don't know. You know, this this isn't the greatest scene in the episode, but it's a good bit because it shows that despite the pressure that Bill is under, he can still you know essentially perform on command when he has to. Um. So we're back to, we then transition to uh, some post-coital uh, morning scene, right? We've gone from morning at the Tench household to morning at uh, Wendy's household. And there's Kay, right, in, uh, in uh, you know. Wendy's, in Wendy's joint. Right, yeah, Wendy's apartment. And it's kind of implied, like, this is the morning after sex, right? Like, especially implied by the fact that Wendy made her eggs, the, the official uh, post-coital uh, breakfast around the world um <laughs> and uh um wendy does something big in this scene is you know like they talk a little bit of how she feels sort of unrecognized at the fbi and then in what she thinks is a, a nice gesture she she asks Kay to move in and this does not go well <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I mean, um, Wendy is, you know, she's so great at profiling <laughs> the serial killers. And then, you know, she cannot talk to her girlfriend. Yeah. And then, and, and she kind of bungles this whole thing. Like she says, you know, I've got this other room. It's just going even more, to waste. Even more than usual. Yeah. And Kay, Kay is like, as, capable and clear as wendy is when she's talking about like you know ed kemper um k is equally clear and capable when she's taught when she's speaking about their relationship yeah and she's you know wendy is vague about this like you know is wendy saying are we gonna sleep in the same bed or am i gonna have my own room you know and and very very quickly wendy tries to pin her down about this uh, sorry kate tries to pin kate. wendy down about this no. sorry i said that backwards and 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 immediately realizes that in a half a second kay has thought more about this than wendy has right or, right or is more prepared to address the issue kay's the expert 
Yeah. Right. And Kay's like, look, you'll save a lot of money. <laughs> That's what Wendy says to her. No, yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, Kay says, look, if I move in, I'm sleeping in your bed, right? I'm not just here to keep your guest bedroom occupied. And the whole right. scene very, very quickly becomes a debacle, right? Yep. To the point where uh, Kay, in a very, very good gesture, pushes the plate away, right? The symbol of they're getting along, right? Right? That, you know, Wendy made her this nice breakfast and she pushes the plate back. And then, you know, she... Very in just a few sentences, uh, she basically points out that Wendy is completely unprepared for such a move. Yeah. Right. She says, she, you know, look, you know, it's hard for you to be affectionate with me in public. If I move in, I'm going to share your bed. Are you ready for people to see that? Right. Yeah, that's I, I want to like, be a what big you, acknowledgement. What are you thinking about? I don't I don't want to be your roommate. Basically, we'll, you know, we'll have a relationship and and you know, she's clearly thought more about it and is far more aware. She's the expert. You know, Kay right. is the expert. Right. And Kay's and Wendy's clueless. Right. And Kay's been out in in not every way, but almost every way for a, for a long time. And her, her coming out was something that she maybe imbibed more on a deeper level. Whereas, you know, Wendy is still closeted at work and Wendy, you know, counters by saying, look, I was out in Boston yeah. and Kay says, but you're not out here. Right. And right. then, you know, Wendy kind of didn't think of it that way. And she's, She's she's really on her heels for this whole conversation, um, right? And you know, she, you could tell she was prepared that she was going to drop this. Hey, let's have you move in, and Kay was going to be great, and this was going to be awesome. And you know, Kay is leaning into the conversation very aggressively. Wendy is leaning back in her chair, right, very defensively. The whole thing just sort of flops, and it, it ends with Wendy apologizing. And Kay takes the breakfast away, right? And yeah, Wendy's Wendy doesn't. She's totally taken by surprise. Yeah, but but Kay is right. She's totally right. <laughs> you know, like yeah, she's the expert. Like I said, yeah, Kay is Wendy's right. Not and, and Wendy is sort of revealed to maybe have been a little bit selfish, right? She wants Wendy there for a roll in the hay, right? on a, maybe a more regular schedule, but she's not really ready to sort of come out and really let KB in her life. So she doesn't, I don't think she knows what she wants. I don't think she's being um, manipulative. I think she just is not mature. Well, but I, and again, like it shows that Wendy can be very perceptive about other people, but not herself. Exactly. And we've seen that before, right? We, we, we know that for example, her relationship with her, you know, her partner in Boston was very, very unequal. And, you know, she, she let herself stay in a, a very unhealthy relationship for a long time. Right. Poor Wendy. Not her best episode. So we cut back to Atlanta and we find out that they got a break. Stop has agreed to allow them to place memorials at two sites. Um, they're going to pause at each site, have a little bit of a prayer. Um, so yeah, 
So that's good. Um, and then they have to get it. They have to come up with the crosses and that becomes, you know, a government uh, purchasing fiasco. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that is kind of done for, I don't know, like I, I kind of felt like that was not such an effective use of the time. Like they spend a fair bit uh, of the episode now, um, you know, focused in like, it's, it's not, it's not slapstick, but it's like a little bit of a, it's almost like a set piece where like they're, they have to get the crosses built and there's like, you know, like how do they do it? Do they get a carpentry shop? How are we going to do this? Do we need an outside vendor? And I kind of felt like it was a waste of a chunk of the episode. Like, I don't actually care. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't actually move the plot at all. Do you think it was because it was their device to sort of make things at the happen at the very last minute when Holden has to run to deliver the thing? Maybe, but it's not. I mean, I personally feel like they could have cut all that out and just sort of showed the crosses. Like it doesn't add anything to the episode. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Like it's a bit of it's a bit of dead space to me. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, we cut back uh, to to Virginia, right? And Wendy is uh, vacuuming, and for the second time today, she gets an unwelcome visitor, um, and she is uh, visited by. No, it's um, not Wendy. It's uh, sorry, I keep I keep Nancy. screwing up Wendy. It's Bill's and Nancy. wife, Nancy. Right. So yeah. sorry. Back up, Nancy. Vacuuming the house, her second unwanted visitor day. First was a social worker. Now she gets a visit from the mother of the dead boy. Yeah. Right. And, and she's accompanied by another woman. And we don't know, really know who that is. I think she, she's, is she like the, somebody from the church or something? Yeah. We don't know. Or this woman's friend or anything. And, um, you know, I think this is kind of the moment where Nancy goes off the edge. Right, yeah. like where Nancy just reaches her tolerance limits, and this woman is tearful, and she's talking about how beautiful her son was, and you know, Nancy makes her, you know, coffee. Um, well, she she tells Nancy she forgives her, right, for which her is son's involvement, right, which is a huge, huge deal, and Nancy doesn't really handle it well. You know, no. like she's, she's just overwhelmed by this, this woman in her home unannounced and she's unprepared for this, you know, and the, the woman is talking about, the, you know, the dead body. Right. But like you say, right. The, the scene climaxes and her saying she can't carry it anymore. The, like the pain is overwhelming her. Right. And the anger that she feels. And, and like you said, she forgives, uh, Brian, she says, I want you to know I forgive your son. Yeah. And and Nancy is, you know, like her chin is quavering and you know, she's just it's too much for her, you know, like on top of everything else. Well, I think she because Nancy hasn't even come to terms with his involvement. And and so it points out that like she's not even remotely at that place yet. I mean, she's not, she, she hasn't even come to blame Brian enough to forgive him. Right. And, and, you know, they don't know what's going to happen with Brian. And then she asks to see Brian and Nancy says, no, like, honestly, like right. I, I think Nancy maybe made a mistake there. Hmm. 
You know, like maybe maybe it would have been better for everyone if she had let her. And she's she's I mean, at the end of the day, Nancy's very cold to this woman. I think you it's know? kind of it's obvious that she's very affected by it. Right, but she doesn't she doesn't really reach out to this woman who has made this enormous effort, right, to come to her house and acknowledge that, you know, Nancy's kid played a role in her child's death and she's here to forgive her. I mean, I don't know, like to me it's it's a sign of that Nancy has nothing left. She you know? full she's completely flattened by the visit yeah and then the woman the the, the woman's friends like sizes up the scene a, correctly she's like a minister like, or something but she's like we gotta go yeah. like this isn't going well like and yeah. she says it's time to leave and then she says to nancy she says i forgive you yeah right not just brian yeah she says i forgive you and then she she thanks them and then you know they get up and leave and Nancy can't even get up and show them out. Like she is just sitting there in the kitchen, a total wreck crying. Yeah. That's rough. It's real. It's honestly like it's, it's, it's the hardest scene in the episode to watch. You know what I mean? Yep. Oof. I don't know. Oh man. Uh, so we cut back to Atlanta. Uh, Barney's doing some good legwork. He visits uh, with Mrs. Rogers. Um, and this is a scene sort of that echoes a similar scene where we find out that many of the boys knew each other. Um, so this scene, you could almost argue sort of like I was saying about the cross building scene, like this just confirms what we knew from a prior episode. And maybe they could have, Maybe they could have cut that scene out as well, you know? Yeah, yeah the boys clearly, I mean, it's more evidence that there's one killer that's closely related to the community. Yeah, right. And then uh, the, the scene transitions abruptly to a black screen and we find out that there's been a bombing, right? An explosion at a care center. Yeah. Um, and everyone is, uh, you know, rattled by this bombing and they're trying to decide, is it related? Is it from the clan? Does it have anything to do with anything? Right? They don't know, right? And 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 they they say like maybe it's a boiler. I mean, everybody is derailed, right, by this explosion at a care center. And uh, the women of Stop believe that it's tied to the slangs, but nobody's really sure. It's a sort of random event that doesn't go with anything else, you know. Um. So they, there's a brief uh, ceremony at a church, right, where the mayor and the commissioner then appear, right? And it's supposed to be a chance for them to grieve with the families. Um, yeah. and, and Holden and Barney, you know, kind of watch him do his shtick. Yeah, they're a fly on the wall yeah, in the church. Yeah, literally. Uh, and they basically think like, oh, the mayor's uh, doing a good job. Um, and then kind of doesn't go so well, right? Yeah, uh, and the then crowd it, is a little rough. Very rough, and the crowd, you know, even though he says, you know, the mayor is explicit, he says there's no evidence of clan involvement. Um, the, you know, the, the, the congregation is, you know, 
very confrontational. These were our babies. You're not doing enough. Yeah, you're not helping. Right. And, and the mayor's totally reasonable the whole time, too. Yeah, the mayor is reasonable, but the problem is he doesn't he doesn't have much. You know, he doesn't have much in their face. And then Barney, I think, in the best line of the scene, Barney, you know, conveys to Holden like this is a big deal. Like a black politician just got shouted down in, in church. church. Yeah. So you know, I, it, this scene I think mostly just sort of shows how amped up the whole city is. Right, the bombing. Right. right, the scene at the crime, and then um, you know, and we get and Flo uh, talks. Flo says, you know, they they back. She Flo. takes she over gets the she talks. takes over the ceremony entirely. Yeah, yeah, and she she is able to kind of appease them. Yeah, a little crowd. bit, or at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, we cut back to the. Uh, to the office where they're working out of and um you know they find out that bill is going to liaise with the gbi and holding on this and then again we get to this whole nonsense scene of them building the crosses and like driving them to the march and you know running around and it's supposed to be you know it's atlanta or hotlanta as they say it's a thousand degrees and a ton of humidity and Holden is like running around with this big, heavy cross, like through back alleys, um, <laughs> you know, to get this cross put up in front of the march at the right time so that the marchers show up there. And at the end of the day, he gets with a lot of effort, he gets one shitty, you know, I shouldn't say that, well, one cross up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He gets one cross up, and all he gets is the stop lady just glowering at him yeah just like uh the whole thing didn't work right yeah like, he shows no up one's super happy. late yeah, yeah. they did a bad job and, and he's like obviously a you know a cop doing it too like it's just it yeah he it was, looks like a cop from a mile off i mean yeah he's wearing a you know his, his holstered gun and right, like, his short just, sleeve dress shirt <laughs> yeah it's just bad news right and his pits are soaked because it's super hot out yeah he just ran like eight blocks with a cross <laughs> more or less like right in front of the crowd right, and the whole marchers. thing that they've been building to right for this entire episode is a kind of a bust it's a and, total and the stop flop. lady knows it so we cut to the final scene of the episode um, where uh, Holden and Bill are at the bar at the Omni. Um, and uh, they just, the scene opens with Bill coming back to the bar where Holden is sitting and Bill retakes a seat and says, they just found another body. Like everything yeah. is for naught at this point, right? Some kid was strangled. Um, and, you know, they kind of have to, this is a little bit of, of an autopsy, this scene, right? Like they're, they thought that the idea of the crosses was good and it didn't amount to much and Holden feels bad. And Bill says, look, you had a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You tried something like there's Bill has a good line here. He says, there's no blueprint for how to do this. And now they arrive at the grim, even 20 number of bodies. Um, and then that, and then the scene ends. You know, Bill gotta go. I'm going home. And Holden's pissed that Bill is once again leaving. 
and uh, Bill is heading out to the airport uh, and Holden's just sitting at the bar by himself, completely frustrated, right? Man, this I, this episode is all about frustration, right? Holden, yeah. Bill, Nancy, Wendy, yep. even Kay, right? Everyone yep. is pissed off. The only person who had a good episode was Agent Smith. You know, he hung out at Quantico the whole time. He had a good episode. Um, and that's how he it ends. He didn't get in trouble. Yeah, he didn't get in trouble, right. And then the scene, yeah. the episode ends with the TV and Holden watching the TV and, you know, the news is talking about the latest, uh, the latest bad development in the case and we fade to black. Uh, it's a, I mean, I think it's a great episode. They could have cut two scenes, but they, they managed to convey a tremendous amount in this episode. Yeah, this is a well. long episode. How long is this episode? This is it's this like is an almost hour, maybe. this is just under sixty minutes. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot happens. Like paradoxically, nothing happens. Like they don't get any further in the case, but a lot happens to every character. Basically, uh, in this episode, has some sort of big movement and a lot of effort on their part that doesn't come out too much. But there's a lot of character development in this one. Yeah, Carl Franklin does a he does a really good job in this one. Uh, this is also sort of uh, similar to what we've seen in prior episodes. This is a story by Josh Donnan and Courtney Miles, and the teleplay is by uh, Liz Hanna. So definitely all names that we have seen uh, prior in the season. And again, it's not Franklin's first episode, so everybody from the ground up knows these characters. I think that's why it's a better episode than episode six. And episode six was really good. Yeah. Whew. I don't know, like they're building, like they're building, 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 and they're, you know, they're letting you feel the frustration and the tension at every aspect of this case, right? And how it's affecting everyone's life. Yeah. Should we wrap there? Yeah, let's wrap there. And then, all right. So uh, we're we've got just two episodes left, uh, and it's uh, it's a pretty big finish to the season that they're building to. So we've got two left, and uh, we will see you all back for season two, episode eight. Thanks, everybody.